0: Hey, everybody, this is Sean Early, and welcome to the first official episode of the new Robot Spaceship Podcast. And today, to kick things off, we're going to be talking about the new Apple Vision Pro headset. So with that said, I'll see you in the episode. T-minus five, four, three, two, one, Lift up. Welcome to the new Robot Spaceship Podcast, covering innovative news, trends, emerging technology, and how it affects the economy, business, and culture. If you like this podcast, don't forget to click the subscribe button in order to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. Hey, everybody! This is Sean Early, and I want to welcome you to the first official episode of the re the, the new new version of the Robot Spaceship Podcast. Um, if you've been a fan of this podcast for a long time, you'll know that this used to be the ARVR Magazine Podcast. But uh, I talked about it in the episode zero, which uh, I recorded before this episode. But just for you who haven't listened, basically, um, ARVR Magazine has been around since 2017, I think. Um, The day I got the first Oculus dev kit handed to me by uh, my boss, he just threw it on my table and said, hey, you worked at a game company, you know, use this thing, do something with it. And I had no idea what to do. I had to learn Unity. I had to learn all this stuff just to get the thing up and running. We had to get a new computer. We got it up and running, and I tried it out, and I thought it was awesome. So I started the magazine, and basically just a way to talk about this technology, Um, not claiming to be an expert or anything. We just basically just learn as we go and watch this industry evolve over time. And so basically there was a a decision because of so many – Other types of media involved. It's not just augmented reality. It's not just virtual reality anymore. We have the metaverse. We have blockchain. We have artificial intelligence. We have all these different aspects that kind of intermingle in this spaghetti of sort of immersive technology and just technology in general. And so I thought it was time basically to sort of rebrand everything so that I can sort of better encompass all of this information and so um, kicking it off today, which is a really interesting point in history, um, I'm joined by my buddy Jason here, and we're going to be talking about, If you, I'm sure you've seen it on the news, it's the release of the new Apple headset. So the new Apple Vision Pro headset was just announced, not yesterday, the evening before, I think, but we actually just kind of spent the day just digging through all the information and, and reading up on it and seeing what to expect. It's obviously a big a big sort of pinnacle event that everybody's been waiting for in the immersive space. And, uh, you know, it has a lot of really interesting new features. Um, we've been waiting for this for a long time. And so I think it's a really kind of good, good point in time to, one, relaunch the rebrand of this podcast and the magazine itself. And also just talk about this new headset and all the potential it could have for for all types of industries, not just the immersive space, but for the mobile space, for the personal computing space, you name it. Um, but before we get into that, hey, Jason, just uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your, about your background and uh, you know who are you?
1: Sure. Um, first and foremost, thanks for inviting me, Sean. Yeah, sure. It's a real pleasure to be here. Uh, my name is Jason, and I'm uh, both a journalist and marketing slash content creation expert at Robert Spaceship. And in the past, I worked in a VR playroom here in Mainz and gave insights not only in uh, consumer behavior, but also into the technical side of VR. Yeah, we use use a lot of different uh, VR headsets, but nothing compared to what Apple just launched. And yeah, I'm very excited to talk to you about this today, Sean, and uh, I'd say we hop right in.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I I really like just picking Jason's head. He's always a just a wealth of information, so it's a good uh just good as sort of not sparring partner, but just somebody to kind of throw ideas back around on. So I thought it'd be great to have him on this and talk about this thing because we're all just kind of learning about it um, as we find out about it. So let's let's just dig in and see what we got here. Um, m- maybe I'll let's share some. I got a big list of stuff that I wrote down. Um, just taking notes. Um, you know, obviously, it is a uh, it's a mixed reality headset, so it does AR or VR, AR, XR, however you want to term it. I don't even know how they're going to term it, other than just talking about spatial computing. So I think that's the angle that Apple is taking. They're trying to basically rebrand the spatial computing because I think before we were the sort of immersive experience, and then we're going for this this kind of mixed experience from immersive to in your space. And now immersive or, or spatial computing is kind of taking that aspect and, you know, the old devices, they were just very sort of, sort of simple. You know, you had a lot of apps and things you launched, you had some controllers, but the, the computer aspect wasn't quite there. It wasn't like you're launching a bunch of software to do a bunch of stuff other than like play games and experience some things and maybe do some chatting. But in this case, I mean, Correct me if I'm wrong. It basically just looks like we got a a, if not an iPhone or a tablet or you know even a a, a laptop kind of on your face at this point. I mean, what's what's your thought on that?
1: Yeah, it's uh, basically a MacBook attached to your face, as you said, with um, with technology in it. Never seen before in any uh, previous VR headset. I mean, uh, just the cameras alone. It has multiple cameras facing downwards, inside, outside. True depth cameras, a LiDAR scanner, side cameras, um, and infrared sensors, everything. So, and even the screen resolution is something um, which has never been done before. A micro OLED display with uh, displaying 64 pixels, whereas an iPhone uh, fits one pixel in this space. So, um, it's, it's truly remarkable what they, what they built, uh, but it, co- it comes with some costs as well.
0: It does. I think they're they're asking, uh, $3,500 for this first round. Um, it's going to be available next year in the U S to start with. So I, I anticipate, you know, I mean, they, they obviously did that because they need developers to create experiences for it. I mean, they got the hardware, but I mean, they need experiences. Um, it looks like in the video, when you launch it, there's there's a few apps. I saw Apple TV, music, saw mindfulness, freeform, Safari notes, what app store, mail messages, and keynote. Um, I didn't see anything else in there, um, when they launched it, but that seems like the base right there. But, um, you know, those are, those are normal apps that you see on your iPhone or, you know, apps that work on your, on your laptop. Um, It, it's, it's basically, yeah, it's a tablet. I mean, processor power, I couldn't compare it, but I'd say it's, it's about a laptop quality um, experience. And uh, it looks like they're using this OS called vision OS, which is their spatial operating system. And so when you, uh, when you put the thing on your face, it actually projects if I'm not, I'm not positive. It seems like it projects into your eye actually,
1: Yeah, it's basically an eye-tracking device. Um, There are multiple cameras on the inside tracking your eye movements, and depending on where you look, um, you can select the things that are on the screen before you.
0: Right, so it's not like a mouse clicker. It's not like you have touch controllers where you point. I mean, this actually tracks your eyes, you look at a thing, and then you actually use your hand as a controller, and you pinch, and that pinch is basically like a click or a swipe or, or whatever you do. So it's basically looking and moving, which is pretty pretty seamless experience um we were just talking before we we're trying to figure out okay you know if you want to type you know that's going to be complicated and i guess you know they have siri baked in they have some ai so at least you can you can voice to text to say what a url is or something if you want to go in the browser but uh, i'm kind of curious to see how that evolves for the people who are so used to you know this tactical controller experience for playing games i mean Uh, See, I mean, the, the, the sort of grace of all the Apple products, especially the original iPhones, was that they were simple. You know, there was one button or there was a swipe, you know, these kind of things. And so I'm hoping that at least Apple has had enough time to analyze the mistakes of all the other immersive devices over the past, you know, how long has it been? Seven years since this stuff started coming out, you know, in the mainstream. And hopefully they were able to streamline this experience a little bit um but yeah i don't know i mean just just looking at something is seems pretty intuitive to me i just i am curious how restrictive that might feel too i don't know you know what i mean what do you think
1: it it seems like it's too intuitive we are used to um very impractical typing and most people are not relying on uh, voice typing software as of now i know some people especially other people my mom for example She uses this function a lot, but most people my age are not using it. Maybe they're doing voice memos, but nothing else. Mm. And I see many people, especially in the beginning stages of um, the type one of this device, still using a wireless keyboard to type in things because they're not relying on the voice function uh, completely. But to be honest... It doesn't get more simple than using your hand uh, with like using gestures to to swipe around and resize frames in the in the picture you see before you. So uh, let's see how it turns out.
0: Yeah, I was I was I was happy that they tried to, to take that route as opposed to just making another headset with another controller. You know, they yeah. tried to do something new here. Um, and I guess it seems like when you put the head device on, when you see the pictures, you you can it looks like people's eyes are on the outside. But actually, that's. It's actually a projection from the camera of your eyes on the outside, so the people who are looking at you will know if you're actually engaging with them or not, right? It's not like if you see the ads, it's not really a piece of glass covering your eyes. It's an actual screen that is projecting outward as well as inward.
1: Yeah, and what I've seen is um, well, heard is that it's not really your eyes. It's like an animation of your eyes Mm -hmm. just recreated for the outside view. So, um, it, it's the same function you use for, the face, for FaceTime. You mm-hmm. use the camera, you scan your face, and then they have a mapping of your whole face, how it looks. And then they just, for, if you do a FaceTime, just recreate your whole face as an animation. Obviously, they see your eyes perfectly, but they're also downward cameras tracking your mouth. And um, yeah, basically, we, in the future, we will all use AI avatars. Yeah. Yeah, It's going to be interesting.
0: I guess for some reason, Apple wasn't, I I saw some videos they didn't really like the term avatar, so I don't know what they're going to call it, but I mean, I think people understand what that is pretty self-explanatory, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely cool. I mean, eye tracking is not something we've seen in in mainstream devices really on a, on a large level and the same with this instant scanning. Um, there's a lot just out of the box, obviously that's pretty impressive. Um, I've heard the device is actually really heavy. It has an external battery pack, which is like a two hour battery pack first, but I don't know. I I also, I mean the first, first iPhone was pretty clunky too, you know, but everybody was amazed with that. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm skeptical, but I'm, I'm trying to be positive because it is Apple and I know they do things really well. So I'm hoping that a company that I know does hardware really well, will continue doing the right thing with this stuff. Um, it's hard for me because I think it's funny because this episode, obviously switching over to, to Robot Spaceship, I've spent so much time in immersive tech, sort of just being skeptical about a lot of devices, really. You know, I've tried a lot of things out and there's a lot of, there's a lot of just. BS in the industry of people talking about the same piece of google cardboard or the same put your phone in a thing and it's amazing, you know, and there's still all these people that have never experienced it before even though it's been around for a long time and so they're even impressed if you put a phone up to your face and see something but for me I'm I'm always going back to this this feeling of you know is this solving anything, you know what I mean? And in this case, at least I hope that Apple is trying to solve the personal computer in the visual space for me. You know, that's, that's what I'm hoping. It seems like that's the dir- direction you're going. I mean, um, how long have you been experiencing virtual tech yourself?
1: Um, so first of all, um, I'm, I've been a gamer for probably all my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always try to use no, new motion tracking. First, I think the first motion tracking device I ever used was this iCam from for PlayStation Two back mm-hmm. in the day. Yeah. Um, and then when uh, the Kinect came out, I even bought an Xbox, uh, moved away from PlayStation. So um, and then it just on top of each other. And then Mm -hmm. suddenly there were VR headsets. Then I even worked in a virtual reality playroom. And then uh, now I work at Robert Spaceship and I'm surrounded by this new tech basically every day.
0: Yeah. And how, how have you felt about it before? Do you feel, I mean, you're a lot younger than me, so you have a different perspective, I think. And also in the gamer end, I mean, I've worked at game companies, but I've never really been a gamer. So putting this gear on my head to play games has never really been my thing, even though I do it. As, as part of what I talk about. But do you feel that you are drawn to being immersed in the technology? Or do you feel that it's sort of an unnecessary thing? I mean, how what's your feeling on that?
1: I'd say I'm immersed, but I'm also a tough sell. Yeah. So if, if I look, look through uh, those goggles, Many people see and say, "Hey, th- th- everything looks lifelike. Everything looks so realistic." But I'm used to better graphics than mm-hmm. what most VR goggles can offer, right. even like the good ones. Even the MetaQuest Pro, it's it's not the best quality in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The new PlayStation VR goggles, the, of the second generation, they actually have some uh, good HD quality. But um, from what I've seen from this um, Apple uh virtual reality headset it's it's going to be amazing i mean both eyes have basically 4k resolution
0: so i was going to say they they're saying 4k per eye is what they're talking about here it's
1: crazy. yeah it's it's amazing and um if that's true and people are uh, i i heard some people testing it and they said yeah that they are also a tough sell and uh, if you look if you really look into it you still see the borders surrounding mm-hmm. the um in your eyesight but um, it's not a big problem for me. Sometimes it is. It depends on the VR goggles. If I have too much blur surrounding the image, I'm not immersed. But I mm-hmm. know some people. For I know for a fact that many people who have never played, uh, who are not even into gaming, are completely baffled by uh, by the, the, the atmosphere it can create. So uh, yeah. I think Apple is gonna gonna work wonders. Yeah,
0: I mean I'm just I'm checking my notes here.
1: I guess my my original question I was just
0: more thinking like is do you do you do a lot of VR gaming yourself even if there are devices or
1: So um I have limited space in my apartment. For mm-hmm. me it doesn't really make sense. If I'm really into VR gaming, I would need more space. I would go into the room scaling um yeah, aspect of it. So I think the best way to actually um feel it or experience it in your own life is going into such a VR playroom and play mm-hmm. for one or two hours. I right. think more than one or two hours, maybe a month is um, is too much for me because mm-hmm. it just drains you uh, currently because of the graphics that are not as good as they right. maybe could be with this Apple device. Um, but for the future, if, if it really encapsulates every th- like the whole whole reality you feel in real life into a game, um, maybe I'm I'm using it more often. Mm-hmm.
0: I noticed in the video if if you have if you have like a MacBook on your desk and you take this thing and you look at it, then it automatically loads up your MacBook screen in front of you. So I guess you can type you know on your MacBook and the screen is as big as you want it basically. And I'm just wondering, are they? I I'd like to know the use case. Are they expecting people to basically spend their workday in this thing or not? You know, I don't know what they I mean, obviously it's a first a first attempt, so it's not really catered towards any particular user yet, I don't think, other than devs and rich people who can buy a thirty five hundred headset to play with. But I just wonder if that's where they want to go. You know what I mean? If they want if they expect people to sit there and, and just do their work all day or, or not. Like what is their their time limits? Have you seen anything
1: yet? I think that two biggest use cases and this is all, these are also the first two use cases they showed in the presentation are first of all the work envi- environment so uh, it really helps you when you're trying to multi multitask and have multiple windows open you have a 360 degree view of all the tabs and you can adjust them and w- where they are in the room um i think that is something to look into in the future i don't know if i could use it for like a whole work day um, because it just drains you, and it—I think it's very heavy. Many people have said that um, this headset, specifically, um, even without the uh, the battery built in, it is very heavy and drains That's you. That's what they're and, saying, um, yeah. Also, um, for me, motion blur is cr- a critical issue. I get motion sickness pretty mm. fast, probably after what, like one and a half hours. I know mm. I'm still uh, hardcore in this. Some people get it like after 15 minutes, 20 minutes. or yeah, see, yeah. Um, but still, I mean, you will work more than one hour a day, so um, this is gonna be a problem. Also, the stains it creates on your head, mm-hmm. it, it, it it begins to hurt after some time.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, I, I put a I put the uh, the the Oculus headsets on or the Quest headsets, I should say, and. I'm good for about 20 minutes and then I just feel like I have some kind of radiation machine shooting into my eyes. You know, I just, I feel hot and I feel my eyes are are overloaded and I also can't wear the thing without glasses. So it's also just amplifying through there. I mean, they said that you can, you can order custom lenses for this thing too, which I'm sure that'll add another thousand bucks on top of what you're paying. But, um, yeah, I don't know. They they said it was heavy, uh, even even those there was a bunch of influencers, like I, I really couldn't see myself wearing this on a plane, even though that was what they were showing in their video. But it, I, I don't know if it's because of it's too heavy or if it's too big or I wasn't quite sure. And I think I saw one person with a Quest headset on on a plane once, but oh, really? I haven't seen anybody else do it. Um, I know that they try to push that use case, but I, you know, I've never seen. I saw one person one time wearing it, but I don't know what they were doing with it.
1: Even in the video, they showed um, some, like a family dad uh, recording his his kids playing on a birthday. Mm-hmm. And imagine you walking around in a birthday, you visit as a as a parent from another kid, and you see with your funny
0: eyes being projected on that thing. That's Kind of creepy, yeah. But that that's another interesting point. Is they they're really trying to push this this uh, what do they call it? I find it here. It's a uh, it's their 3D camera now that they have in this first ever, I don't know if it's first ever, but they're really going for that death perspective in their photos. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting be- before this launched, my wife was messing around with her photos on her iPhone and I noticed that if you hold it, then it isolates the picture and then it creates this isolated image of like you in it. And then the background, so it creates a different type of photo. And I was like, what is that all about? I never noticed it before. Um, Maybe it's just I'm not paying attention. I'm old, but I never saw that before. And that makes a lot of sense of that. Why is that's there? Because this thing is actually scanning your images and it's grabbing the main focus of the image and then it's creating something in the background so that when you look at it in your eyes, then you do have that perspective going on. So um, instead, it did it for video, too, which is crazy. So I think that that could be interesting, the fact that there could be a new a new medium people are planning for. Um, I I remember...
1: It's not only this, but you're creating like a whole new way of capturing memories. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Everything you record is out of POV perspective. So um, basically you have a place where you can like save all your memory you would otherwise just make with your eyes and keep Mm -hmm. keep in your head. But now it's on a digital hard drive.
0: Yeah. And with, with the depth, it's really a different experience, obviously. I mean, I remember working for another... VR platform we're building a few years ago. And that was a topic then is they was trying to figure out how to do easily do 3d comics basically. And, you know, you could build them, but there wasn't any kind of application that just made them like that. And it looks like Apple kind of took that and embedded it into their, their phones or their, their photo software. So that's pretty cool. Um I just wonder I mean I guess that will have to be only browsable in these headsets mm-hmm. which means there's a new medium of content that they'll be browsing only in these headsets which is depth perspective content um and I just wonder if like you know your average your average meme or whatever you know on the web is eventually it's going to have depth in it now too because it's going to be able to scan that or I don't know how they're going to how they're going to play that out it's going to be interesting I'm trying to see Got into the cameras. Got into the eye tracking.
1: Um, what about the sound?
0: The sound? They said it was it was uh, spatial audio, obviously, um, and uh, I mean with all their all their relationship with beats and all that stuff. I'm sure they got that down pretty well. Um, kind of weird looking little, little bubbles on the side of your head. that kind of shoot into your ear, but yeah. I know they said it was pretty good. So I don't know. Um, I, I think even on the quest headsets, the sounds is, is interesting, you know, how they got that with just that little strappy thing. But uh, yeah, I'm sure. I mean, they're, they're so Apple music is such a big deal. And they also between them and, Spotify focusing on spatial you know, audio too, that's going to be a big deal, I'm sure.
1: I also you- saw that when you watch a movie, you can um, adjust the size of the screen, obviously, to mm. something gigantuous. Yeah. Um, but also the sound system is going to work wonders with it, I think, with uh, 3D audio. And it even dims your room
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, when you watch. Uh, a yeah, video. that's pretty cool.
0: And it, I gives, that- it gives shadows to all the stuff that it presents too.
1: Yeah i think that the, the many people are now calling this yeah this is uh, going to be an alternative to having a tv screen at home but the problem is if you have a family for example you you won't buy three or four goggles for a, no, each and every family member no you're not no. you're still going to sit on the couch and watch tv together so yeah um, maybe it's for be... people who are living alone
0: uh, yeah there were, was um, that was a it was a big question that caught up that a lot of people brought up in in a lot of the reviews is it, it's still seemed pretty lonely. There was other than FaceTime, there wasn't any sort of, uh, multiplayer experience, you know, with other people yet. And maybe that'll get built out. I don't know. But, uh, I don't know. I mean, you can watch a movie in any VR device basically, and you can sit in a virtual theater or you can put the screen in front of you. So I don't know for me, that was like really not amazing for Apple, but I guess for people who aren't aware of it yet, that's always amazing for people who don't know VR. Um, I guess I don't. I, I never sat and watched a whole movie in VR before. I'm just not that patient. But maybe if this is the experience that they say it is, maybe it's maybe it's amazing. I I don't know. It's hard to say.
1: I think with watching movies, especially on the go, if you're on an airplane or something, the two-hour battery life could really uh, kill you. Uh, i mean a movie nowadays can be over two hours long yeah and especially if you uh if it's hot outside and you use the fans built in to the um device maybe this drains the battery life even more and it yeah. results in a less than two hours playing time and if you're watching a movie maybe it just dies mid-movie so
0: could be yeah i don't know it's, it's hard to say I'm, I'm sure there'll be all kinds of battery there's so many devices they can make off this too i mean that's what apple does i mean they're they're That one thing where somebody was using a touch controller, which I don't know, I'm sure Apple's going to have their proprietary one they try to sell too. And, you know, the new battery packs that everyone's going to probably have to buy and the, the, probably the, the fashion designer, you know, cushions that go on the back of your head and all that stuff. I mean, this is going to be accessory to hell. I think it's going to be crazy.
1: It's the Um, Hermes straps all over again for the Apple Watch. Yeah.
0: And you know, they're going to have multiple colors on the front. There's going to be the red and the gold and and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'm pretty sure Um, everybody's got to have the. Go ahead.
1: I, I think the uh, most interesting part for me as a sports fan was them partnering up with Disney and mm-hmm. therefore also with ESPN. Mm-hmm. And I've seen uh, footage of them watching a American football game, and then the player just pops up right mm-hmm. next to the the screen. Or when mm-hmm. watching basketball, you can have like a like a replay of the of the I don't know nice dunk that was just made or mm-hmm. the triple double or something something like this. And then you see like like it reminded me of. Uh, harry potter chess Mm -hmm. how they use harry potter chess like all the little players walking around on a like a projection of the the court and this is going to be amazing if this really uh, is a way how we can stream the whole game Mm -hmm. it's going to be revolutionary
0: yeah and i think with the apps that they'll have more I, i think the point is they'll have more more metal control of it basically so the apps will have more processing power And they won't be just these these web-based cloud things. Will actually be going down to the hardware, at least I assume, because they have these two chips. It was the was it the M2 for performance, and this new R1, which is basically just for sensory. So it has a whole chip just for the sensors. Um, They should have. I mean, Apple has so much content, you know, and with all the movies and the Disney connection and all that kind of stuff, and. and At last. Pixar, all that stuff, you know, so I'm sure they're going to build, you know, specific experiences. It could be every movie is in its own app, you know what I mean? It could be crazy that way. Um, I mean, they, they definitely have more more content to draw from than any of the other immersive companies. And I think they always kind of held back. It could have been just because they knew Apple was going this route. I don't know, but I think uh, it could be a whole new a whole new way to experience content on sort of uh, like you mentioned Harry Potter, I mentioned like, you know, when they have the news and there's like the, the, the moving images in the news, you know what I mean? of the bad guy yeah. or whatever, you know, it could just be that, it could be that simple with just no more photos or it could be a full, like I said, a movie it could be an app in itself, you know, it could be a whole experience where you have depth and ESPN could have different you know, perspectives and all that stuff. I mean, I'm I'm thinking ahead, but yeah, it's it, it could go a lot of ways, definitely. Um,
1: Especially in the in the gaming um, world, there yeah. are, there's a lot of movement um, mm-hmm. where you can take the where can take the projects to. Currently, I heard many people um, critiquing that most games that are currently offered for the device or that are um, yeah probably offered in the future are yeah iPad games basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are only iPad games and not really something which you can immerse yourself in. Like mm-hmm. three hundred sixty degree, like most games offer on Steam or mm-hmm. on Steam VR for, uh, for devices like the Quest Pro.
0: That's mm-hmm. interesting too because I mean a lot of a lot of games are still more PC focused. And I think I mean you can still play games on, on Mac devices as well, but I'm just curious how how they're gonna port that. The you obviously probably have to build you know, native games just for this device and its interactions and stuff, but it's going to be interesting. I mean, they, they really, they're going to have to, they're going to have to make this available to so many people just to get the, just the gaming in itself. You know, I mean, I'm sure they're working on it already, but just the, the interactions that you need to have in the games just for, just without the touch controllers, you know, that's going to have to be pretty well thought out. Um, It's going to be an interesting year. Definitely. I mean, this is, like I said, it's coming out in the USA early next year, whenever that is, and then I don't know, probably I assume maybe Christmas for Europe, but it could even be longer. It's hard to say, um, but I guess we'll see over the time, you know, of the next year what what pops up, and I'm sure you know somebody. China is going to copy it, uh, somebody, you know what I mean? And try to have their variations as well. But, uh, it's going to be, I, I don't know, it's refreshing to see where this is going, but at the same time I'm also skeptical cause it's just another headset, you know? So I'm really, I guess this is the pinnacle moment. If Apple can pull this off, then we're going to be doing some, we'll be progressing. If they don't pull it off, then I don't know where immersive tech is going to go at this point. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be a, Definitely a uh, a judgmental two years in the industry for sure.
1: I I also think that you're not alone in your skepticism. I think for most people I've heard, a lot of people are skeptic about th- this new device, and you even see it see it in the um, in the stock that plummeted. The Apple stock mm-hmm. plummeted after the uh, announcement. Did it? Well, I didn't check crazy it did, it did but now it's um, climbing up back up again mm. but once they, most people saw that um its first use case was business mm. they they um disinvested it yeah. so they they wanted out of it
0: yeah well i guess we'll see i mean i i still have yet to do i they say you can you can you can do business meetings in vr you know and there are apps where you can do that and stuff like i i re- interviewed a lawyer a few months back who, who interviews clients in VR internationally. And so there are people that use it. I'm just still, I've never, I've never personally needed to have a meeting with somebody in VR where I needed that space, you know, that I couldn't experience just like we're talking now in a, in sort of a chat experience, but uh, maybe that'll change. I don't know. I guess if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be Apple. Um, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I'm I'm fifty fifty. I'm excited, but at the same time, it's like I've seen all this roll out before. This excitement and it's almost just like a rebranding of excitement for people, you know. <laughs> but yep. uh, I don't know. I don't know how you feel, but I, I I've seen the same sort of pattern over and over again. I just I now always see the pattern come out and then it just kind of falls. And then I don't know if this will have a breakout or, uh, you know, it, it seems like they need to tease what what the Vision Pro 2 is going to be, you know what I mean? So that we know that this first, first one is going to be, you know, amazing, but more amazing is coming, I guess. And other than like downsizing and reducing the weight, I'd have to see what that, that user experience is going to be to be so amazing that we have to have it. But I guess for me, you know, we've never had that level of data about a user. So that's interesting. I mean, just the eye tracking alone, yeah. um, the amount of data that you can collect from that is mind-blowing. Um, and maybe that could limit what the time it, it launches in Europe. It could take a long time because they're so hardcore about that here. I don't know. I mean, obviously, if anybody can do it, it would be Apple. But... That's going to be a, a big sort of can of worms, I'm sure, when when the EU gets a hold of that and starts ripping it apart and saying you're tracking every single thing somebody's looking at. You know, what? what's that going to be about? Um, Same as know. your room.
1: It also scans your whole room. So yep. um, you really have to look into data protection on this one.
0: Yep, yep, definitely. And And, you know, data protection and also the the advantages, you know, for marketing, you know, where's that going to be? Are they going to let you have some of that capability in your marketing to have some kind of generic tracking or are they just going to shut it off, you know? I mean, I I would hope that with Apple launching something of that caliber, they should at least have some business model around it, but I don't know, it's hard to say. Well, I don't know. I'm 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 excited personally. I've uh I continue to find new things about it and people talking about it every day, you know, um, just really just been scrolling the news past. I don't know, since I woke up and last night when it, or the night before when it came out, but, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful that it will be just as amazing as they say. And I'm hopeful that it will take things to another level because it is Apple. I don't know. Final thoughts.
1: I'm a big Apple guy. I, yeah. I think I'm going to wait out on this one and see how it performs. I have to get a hands-on approach on this, mm-hmm. actually experience it in in some other, um, like I, I don't want to actually invest into it right now, but uh, when it actually hits the consumer market in a couple of years with new generations without the uh, battery attached to it probably or with better battery life, uh, we'll see how it, how it goes and maybe I'm going to invest then. Yeah, I agree.
0: Well, Jason, it's been great having you on the show. And once again, this is the old ARVR Magazine podcast now, the new Robot Spaceship podcast. And uh, we have all kinds of topics and speakers lined up in the future um, on a number of things, not just virtual reality, augmented reality. So uh, stay tuned for a lot of interesting discussions. And uh, I hope you stick with me. It was a, a big rebrand change. Um, I hope I don't lose my readership. But I, I hope that I keep things interesting enough for people to to stay on board and they understand the reasons for the rebrand. But uh, I do know that's about it. Thanks, Jason, for for joining me on here. I'm sure I'll have you on plenty more times in the future.
1: It was a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah.
0: And uh, as always, don't forget to subscribe, share, and follow. We're on all the uh, all the distribution platforms for podcasts. Be sure to give us a subscribe and follow on social media. And if you're so inclined, give us a comment, a nice comment, because we appreciate nice comments just as much as the bad. But uh, that's it. I'm Sean Early. This is the Robot Spaceship Podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. If you like this podcast, don't forget to click the subscribe button in order to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. This podcast has been brought to you by the Robot Spaceship Podcast Network. For more information and other great podcast series, go to robotspaceship.com and subscribe.